Shepherds of Men is a secular movement started by three men of faith. We wholeheartedly believe that when we get the men right, we get the world right. We believe this because we believe that men are created and called to be leaders, and we believe there is an alarming deficit of leadership in our world today. And although the three of us have come from drastically different backgrounds, our core principles have given us a unified voice that is needed now more than ever to pave the way for a fundamental change in our culture. We are quite literally calling men to something great. Welcome to the movement. What's up, world? This is Wilson coming at you at the table with the Shepherds, and I'm here with, as always, with JP. Hey, guys. Cam. What's up? And the Oz making it happen over there. Oh. Uh, I like to call him Oz because he's behind the curtains kind of deal, you know what I mean? And there's a yellow brick road literally from here to his table. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Oh, wait, that's Skittles. (laughs) <laughs> taste the other side of the rainbow. All right, so <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't taste <laughs> <Just kidding laughs> the rainbow. No what thanks. What's that? What's that saying? You can have your own party in California. Taste oh, well, the rainbow. not that kind of rain. just just taste taste rainbow. Just taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. rainbow. Not yeah. the other side yeah. of the rainbow. Whatever. We're not, not the other side. We're not slam dunk it, stick it, flip it, and ride. Okay? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for correcting. Uh, Cameron just showed his age. <laughs> <laughs> I showed my appreciation for vintage music. Is what I showed. He, he just he just showed his seasoning. Sorry. <laughs> yes, he's very seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be tasting good here lately. Tastes good. So um, that's what she said. <laughs> so the, uh, the 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 podcast episode today is I, I want to talk about how this plays out. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> how does this play out? You know? yeah, I bet all you listeners are wondering yeah. right now how's this about to play out. So the let me just kind of give you a couple stories and 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 we'll go into uh, the meat of this. Uh, the idea of what I'm got in my head. So hopefully it comes out and, and go for, and it benefits you. But so recently within the last week or two, I had a rando dude pull up in my driveway and uh, it's pretty crazy. Cause like the day after we were there too, literally which... a day after we were playing on dirt bikes all day at my place. And um, this dude comes in. I, if I would have left five minutes earlier, I would have missed him. And that's kind of crazy. But anyway, we're out in the middle of nowhere, uh, but close to town, which is kind of crazy too. So for him to come in my car with my son, he wants to come with me to go to the grocery store. My wife is... You got to give some context though. Your driveway is not like a normal neighborhood driveway. Yeah. This is like, what, at least a quarter mile. Quarter mile at least. Gravel. I mean, and he could have felt... a big 90 in it. It's yeah. not like you're straight to the house. Correct. I mean, it, you come to my house, you have a purpose. Yeah. So anyway, we. I'm about to leave. This guy's coming around. I'm thinking it's probably a fan, friend of the family, whatever, somebody random just coming by or, you know... Amazon delivering a package. We get packages all the time. So I call Ashley and she's like, who's this guy? And I was like, I don't know. That's what I was calling you for. I mean, do you know who this person is? Have no clue. He passes me and we make an eye contact. We're like literally looking at each other in the eyes in the car. And he, I would just walk, watch him pass me, go over toward the, where I would park my car. He got so close to our house. I couldn't even pull into my original parking spot. So I park the car, I get out and I walk over to him. And I'm like, what the heck, bro? And I knock on the window and I'm like, can I help you? And he's looking up at me while he's rolling down the window like I'm inconveniencing him. Like, why are you coming to my window? I am doing nothing wrong. And, uh, and I'm like... <laughs> I'm just simply waiting on this red light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. And, and I'm asking that simple question of like, can I help you? And he's like, 
Huh? I doubt it. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> no, probably not. I look over and he's got a construction vest, so I give him a benefit of the doubt. He might be there to to work on my trees that because they have to be cut here soon. But it was kind of dusky dark, so I was thinking this is a little bad timing if you're going to do all this work. So <laughs> you're you're probably not here for that. But I asked him, are you here for work? <laughs> nope. <laughs> here to deliver a package. Nope. Nothing. And I was like, well, hey, dude, I have no idea who you are, and you obviously have no idea who I am based off the look that you just gave me, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave my property. <laughs> After three times of asking, he didn't do it. He actually rolled up the window, acting like he was putting it in reverse, and he fell asleep. <laughs> no kidding. So, call the cops, get there, they're figuring out what's going on, and... Um, they take him to the EMT to, or the ambulance to check his vitals, make sure he's not about to OD, OD on something or whatever. Come to find out, the dude's drunk completely, probably on some kind of pill uh, on top of that. And he has two outstanding warrants for rape. Wonderful. Luckily, we got him off the street. Awesome. Cops did their job. Awesome job. And he was pretty cool. And they said he was a happy drunk, so that's even better. <laughs> So Ashley already well, had that's good. That's what matters. Yeah, she, this she already had her my next ready. point. <laughs> Don't do drugs. drugs. Yes, I was drunk in a bar. <laughs> they, they threw, threw me in public. In public. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, but so the 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 point of the story is this dude and his last name is like my last name, which is even more weird. I uh, come to find out, so I'm like, what the hell? This is just a random of of occurrences of events, and I was just started thinking of like. When did it go south? When in his life did it really mess up so bad that he ended up in a stranger's yard, drunk or whatever, going to jail because he made the poor decision to rape two innocent women? Maybe innocent, I don't know. I don't know the story. But either way, he did. He took advantage. Where? Where in the world did it go wrong enough to where he made those decisions and decided it was okay? Decided to drink his life away or take drugs or do whatever and, it, and how it played out. So the rest of his life, hopefully, he'll be rotting in jail, wishing that he had a different choice. And I understand life happens to people, but to the degree to where you just ruin the rest of your life, no matter what happens to you. And that leads me to another story. My uncle recently passed away. God bless his soul. He's saved. He's in heaven. He's in a lot better place. He was suffering down here. He had four or five strokes all at the same day, and that took his life. So um, he was on ventilation for about a day or two. VA wasn't going to pay for it all, so we just said, hey, we got to pull the plug. Crazy part about that. My family didn't have enough money to, to, to support his life, but who wants to live in a vegetated state? So he got to see the Lord a couple weeks ago, and before he did, he called uh, my mom called me and translated what he was trying to tell me. He's like, hey, you're a good dude, great father, you know, keep up the good work, you know, whatever, you know, keep it the faith. It was really cool, really touching. And um, what you guys probably don't know about my uncle, he's been in and out of prison, and I didn't know why. I found out at his funeral that he actually had a love of his life when he was younger. Now, this is kind of wrecked me because this is like, this is where I'm thinking, like, how does this play out? He lost her in a tragic car accident and has not recovered or didn't recover for very a lot of years. He found Jesus in prison. Thank God for those programs because now he's saved and he's going to be in a lot better place in my personal opinion. But that I would say like maybe not at the moment 
it's really hard. I was, I was trying to think back. Like, okay, okay, if I lost Ashley when I first proposed to her, because he was engaged, how bad would it have been? And I was thinking and playing it out. I'm like, if it happened now, I'd be wrecked. Like, it would be so much worse because it's 10 years, 12 years, 13 years, actually, uh, going in, in the making. And how it played out is like, man, I mean, how would it play out? How would your life be if certain things didn't go right or certain things went wrong? And how would you change? What would you do? You know, and if life hits you and all of us have been hit in some degree, some fashion, and we could have easily said, I'm out. I give up on life. I'm going to go drugs. I'm going to go sex. I'm going to do all the other stuff. And we did a little bit of all that too. But at the same time, we could have stayed in it and we could have never got out, never dug ourselves out of that proverbial hole that mental mind trap that you can get into that life can give you because life is hard it's not meant to be easy and i, I just kind of want to share those two stories and then kind of play out like okay what does this look like where people run into struggles and issues and how's their life play out because at that dude's funeral there was only 20 people there only one person stood up to say something positive about him and that's pretty sad i mean how does your life play out with the decisions you're making well, I'm I'm gonna sound like an asshole here, sure. Um, because when you're telling the first story, all I'm thinking is, I'm not convinced that there was one thing Mm-mm. that made this dude become a alcoholic, rapist, whatever. Right. I think it's little decisions, uh, little chinks in the armor that just continue to get the gap gets wider, the habits get worse, the you know the daily decisions. You know, you go one level further. Once you get comfortable with how bad this is, then you go to another level and you keep stretching that sin and that. Um, poor decision making, and and then you know you tell a story about your uncle and say you know about him lo- losing his girl, which obviously, That's obviously huge. a devastating thing, yeah, right. And you know, I, I can me saying this, people are like you, you're such a jerk, you know, like that. That's a hard thing to recover from, and I'm not disagreeing with that. Hmm. It is a hard thing. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, right? It doesn't, and and it does, and I'm not saying that he didn't try. I have no idea. I've never met the guy after I, he got out of prison. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I, I but and and I'm not saying that I would do any better. Right. In his position. So don't misunderstand what I'm what the words coming out of my mouth. Uh it it simply is that I do believe. I wholeheartedly heartedly believe and I have said this to a lot of people and there's a lot of conversations you could go down this road on that are different um sensitive topics in our in our day. Um but ultimately what it comes down to is personal responsibility to extreme ownership of going Back to what we talked about recently, circumstances. Whatever your circumstances are, don't really matter. You still have a responsibility to to make good decisions. Will you all the time? Hell no. None of us do. Hmm. But at some point, you've got to figure out how to do that or how to get around people that will hold you accountable or how to get around people that just won't let you kill yourself. And, and, and I mean either quickly or slowly. Um, and, and so and that's a, that sounds like a very abrasive... Um, harsh, insensitive thing to say, but I still believe it. I right. still believe it. And I would say it about my mother. You know, I would say it about myself. You know, it's when ultimately it comes down to when you say, how does it play out? Now, I, I do believe God has a plan. Yes. But I also believe that he gives you free will mm-hmm. to, to make decisions. Um, and when you continue to make poor decisions, you get poor results. You know, and that's, that is on nobody but you. Now, are some people maybe have harder, more challenging circumstances than others? Sure. Absolutely. You know, um, no doubt about it. 
There's pe- things that certain people have been through that I can't even imagine going through, and yet they have accomplished some incredible things in their life. And in my opinion, if one person does that, then nobody else has an excuse. If one person goes, man, I grew up in the worst environment. I was abused as a child. I w- slept on the streets. I did, you know, I-, I had it bad. Like I had, there was zero chance of me becoming anything or doing anything or even being positive in life. And they do. Well, then that just means it's possible. Yep. Now, how hard was that to happen? I have no, I don't know. I- I've-, I've been pretty low. You know, I'm the 68 cents in the gas tank guy. I've been, you know, it's, I've been in some challenging times. Um, and we all have, we've all told her every, everybody here in this room, everybody that's listening right now, you, you know what your time is or was that was that moment of, uh, maybe you couldn't do anything, but just sit there and cry and just pray or just, and even if you're not a believer, you just pray into something like Lord, if just somebody hear me and do something miraculous, I need something. If if you haven't been there, you probably will be at some point in your life, and and you have to, as a dude, in my opinion, reach down, grow a set, and say, do I want it to continue going this direction, or do I want it to be different? And I know that sounds awful when you think about, well, what about the love story? I get it. It's sad as hell. Yeah. You know? It is sad. It still doesn't change the reality of you what, gotta, you, what you're expected to overcome. And I think he was in his early 20s. When that something like that happened, and I understand that, I mean, that's a death is not something to laugh about. I mean, no. that's, that's a serious situation. At the same time, my mindset going into even my my wife now, I was like, hey, if this doesn't work out, I've got a lot of other people now. Do I want her to die? Hell no. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want it, that on anybody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like it pushed him in a sense to drink. And that's the, mm-hmm. he didn't do anything bad. He just was drinking and driving, which is still bad. It's pretty but, bad. But I, I know, I know. But it, at the same time, there's so many people that do buzz driving all the time. And, you know, well, he a lot just of people happened, do a lot of dumb shit. A lot mm-hmm. of dumb shit. So I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of dumb shit that, that's happened. He got caught, went to prison, and was in and out for that. So he wasn't like a bad dude. He was dealing with some rough shit. Bad decisions. And bad decisions. Yep. He chose the alcohol to suffer or, or fill in the gap of what he was missing until he found Jesus. And totally walked away from all of it. And I don't say Which that, awesome. just, like, I'm not challenging you right now. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, or him. Yeah. God rest his soul, like you said. I, there was plenty of times, when I look back at my life, there was plenty of opportunities for my life to have gone sideways because of decisions I was making. Oh, I, I, really, I honestly don't, I, I do know why, but I, I like, it, it would be surprising. Right. For, for, like, either death or jail or something in between could have very easily happened numerous times, and it didn't, for whatever reason. Um, but it still would have been my responsibility to had choose it, had it happen. Yeah. yeah. And luckily he did. He actually started his own business on land construction, did some really good things in there. Um, just wasn't as social as I was expecting. Cause we did do a little invite. Um, and there was only one person really to had anything really great to say. Everybody else was saying, Hey, he's a, he was a believer and he was a good dude, but it wasn't like anything that was like so impacting. Uh, and that was like the sad part of it. It's like he had a, 60 years plus on the earth and there was only just a few people that could say anything really great about him and that sucked because he was a good dude he really was i remember him being there for my mom and in, in countless sessions so this is not like a, a shame session for my uncle he was a really good dude i'm just using this as an example that life can hit you in some ways that you don't even you're probably not even prepared for and and if you're getting hit that's where and here's another challenge for other men that knowing that someone that they know is going through a rough patch that's when you need to dig deep with them and show them that you're there to help them. 
and be there, be the brother you you said you were supposed to be. Because I've seen so many friends, so quote unquote friends, that when shit gets rough, they're out. Yeah. And that's not that's not how you're supposed to be, especially when you're you you've been in through so many memories, you know. And it's just like you're supposed to support each other. And when someone's hurting, they're gonna hurt other people, and that's where you have to come in and say, "Hey, I'm here for you, man." Just if you could just be an, an ear for yeah. them to just talk to you. So I know there are a lot of people that go through some stuff. So I'm not going to just be negative. I'm going to talk about another po- couple positive stories too. But just how things, your decisions play out, and 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 things that you do affect others throughout the long term. Because now you got the other guy. So whoever he raped has to deal with that. They have two choices. They can either crawl up into a ball and say, "Poor pitiful me" for the rest yeah. of their life and be a victim. Or they can rise above it, above it and prove that they won't be shaken or broken and be a light to other people that suffer in the same vein. Yeah. Right? And, and obviously easier said than done. I mean, oh, nobody yeah. here is saying, oh, that's what you should do. It's no. easy. No, it's just... It, but it, it, may not be, it may not be just them to be able to do that for themselves. It may be somebody like you listening, you know somebody who suffered in a certain way that you have to be the light in their life to reach in and say, hey, I got you. I'm going to help you. And pull them out of the shit that they're in. You, you mentioned about being a real friend and actually being there when people need it and stuff like that. And I, um, I just can't help but sit here and think about Paul. We all know, mm-hmm. um, like he's one of the most genuine real dudes ever. Um, not the one in the Bible, but pretty darn close in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was probably the first, and I, and I had some great friends prior to knowing him, but mm-hmm. he was the first friend that I remember, um, saying. Hey, dude, if you need something, I'm here. And then it was not like that, what everybody says, especially if you're in the South. You need anything, let me know. Right. Everybody says that. Praying for you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. something happens and you see it on Facebook, praying for you, praying for your family. 90% of those people didn't say a prayer. And I'm not, whatever, I'm not judging them. I'm just yeah. saying, like, that's just, it becomes just a normal thing you do. He was one of the first people that, I, to me, and then I saw him on the back end w- with other people. If he said, I'm praying for you. Like I would actually see him stop, right? Like if he heard some news about somebody lost a loved one, mm-hmm. he would tell him, dude, you need anything? I'm here for you. I'm praying for your family. And then he would actually stop right then and pray for that person and their family. Yep. Right. And then, and then he would say, if you need anything, I'm here for you. And, and I remember him looking at me one time when we were first becoming pretty tight and I was going through some challenging times and, and he said something like, Hey, if, if I, if you need anything, or if I can help with anything, whatever, I, I'm here. Just holler at me. And I was like, all right, cool. And I, cause I'm used to hearing that too. And he goes, and he stopped me and grabbed me and looked at me and said, seriously, like anything I'm here. And, and it was one of those things where it was like a, you're actually like, you believe like, Oh, you mean it. Yeah. Like you really will come if I need you to come. Oh yeah. You really will listen if I need you to listen. And it changed the way that I even looked at myself going, how good of a friend have I been? Because I've said those things and I think I've meant them in my heart. But it became like a personal commitment that he would give that would be like, if you don't call me when you need something, um, you he I heard him say this one time, you're removing the opportunity for me to bless you. Mm. And I looked at it differently. I was like, dang, now I feel like an asshole if I don't call you. <laughs> so, but it it helped me change the way. And now, like, dude, that that dude, talk about men having influence on other men. That dude. Now, every time where there's that opportunity to say, I'm praying for you, I, I instantly think of him and I literally stop and pray. Yep. He helped me create not just the habit of doing that, but a sincere heart for, uh, you know, praying peace. And if you don't believe in prayer, it's fine. It's not the point of this. Don't miss the message. Right. 
but it, a sincere heart for wanting uh, someone to feel better, to you know, pray over them, and to sincerely reach out to people. And like I'm to the point now where I, like I hate saying, "Hey, I'm praying for you." I, like I'll want to say something that's a little more personal and actually a phone call or text or something, you know, to that degree where it's like you got the whole world saying. I got you if you need me, but really, I, I'm seriously like if you need, if you need somebody to go get some bread because you're out, just holler at me. I'll go get you some bread. Right? You know what I mean? Like that's you're because I had because I words. had the example. That's not a edifying statement. That's just because I had somebody show me like, oh, you actually follow through on that. There's right. actually action there, and and so you know to kind of stay on topic. Like how does it play out? I think it plays out um, in the in the decisions you make when circumstances hit. And I think it also plays out. Um, depends on how it plays out is based on the association you have, the people you associate yourself with and who's in your inner circle, like we've talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. So, I mean, for me personally, and and, and I know you've made a couple comments, Cameron, about, I know this is, this is going to seem harsh and stuff like that, but I think ultimately it comes down to how harsh are you willing to be with yourself? Yeah. Uh, Because it comes down to, are you a victim or a victor? Um, And that's, that's kind of the way that I look at it. I had some really, I don't know, I guess you would say misfortunate shit that happened to me, um, you know, kind of growing up and stuff like that. But I had an opportunity at that point in time to say, you know, am I a victim here or am I a victor of, of this this situation? And I chose to use that stuff as strength. Like, I chose to look at it from an optimistic standpoint of saying, like, dude, you haven't seen what I've seen. So, you know, whatever. It's like somebody coming over here from another country that lived off of $10 a month and they come to the United States and they are gleefully working their ass off mm-hmm. because of how wonderfully they're being treated and stuff. And they're like, you haven't seen what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Right. You have no idea from a perspective standpoint, you know, so it becomes an advantage. I, yeah. It does mm-hmm. become an advantage. And that's, that's where I believe that you have to have a true heart to heart conversation with yourself. And you have to be brutally honest about stuff. Like, are you going to sit here and be a little bitch or are you going to use this as fuel to move you to the next level? Because everything can either be fuel or it can be a cinder block. Like, and you, you decide how it's used because you control your own mind. And that's the thing that people really struggle with is they don't have control of it, especially people that have that victim mentality, man. Those are the people that get, get wrapped up in the drug world and stay there. People that, that do shady shit. Like, I guarantee you that guy did whatever he did with those girls and he will blame that on something that happened to him in the past because he was a victim of something that happened and that's why his actions went that direction, which is bullshit. That's why I don't have sympathy on people that do dumb shit like that because ultimately you had a decision to make. You could either be a victor or you could be a victim and you chose to be a victim and you went down that path. So that's where the past diverge in my mind. Now, some of that has to do with the association that you have and I'm the type of person that like, Sometimes there's people that need to step in your life and go, listen, dude, I know bad shit happened to you, but get the fuck over it. Like, and you need to hear that mm-hmm. because that's what you need to hear. Not, not because I'm here to coddle your ass. And, so, and I think there's important parts of that. Like when people are struggling, you're like, dude, look, I'm here for you. I'm going to bring you some bread, but I'm going to slap shit out of you. If I walk in here, and I see a bottle sitting next to you. Right. Like mm-hmm. that kind of love. Yep. I'm going to bring Tough you some lunch. bread because you need some bread and you ain't got no money. But if I see a bottle of liquor sitting next to you, I'm going to knock the shit out of you yes. when I get in here. And those are the kind of friends yep. that you need in your life. When your stuff's not aligned, they're going to knock shit out of you. But at the same time, they may stitch you up afterwards right? kind of thing. I guarantee you, you do that in real life and not just say it like what you were saying. Like, you really do that. That person's probably going to hate you in the moment. 
But, but dude, five years from then, I guarantee you they'll come back to you and say, I am so glad you did what you did because I would not be the person I am today without you. And, and that's a good point because just so people don't misunderstand when we say, you know, home, even homeboy with the, the what came in your driveway, obviously made a lot of really bad decisions, mm-hmm. really, really bad decisions, things that are, you know, some would say unforgivable. Yeah. And absolutely. probably on a human level, they are. Yes. Um, on a supernatural level, not so much. Correct. You know, um, so <laughs> in my opinion, I don't care how bad you've been. The other thing that helps uh, determine how it plays out is if you tr- have true repentance. Yes. Like if you truly go, I am a changed man. I don't believe there's anybody out there that's done anything so bad that they can't change and come back. Right. I don't believe it. I agree. Now, I believe some have further to come than others, and I, I believe it's going to be a hard road to hoe, as they would say back home. Um, <laughs> if you never had a farm, you don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Uh, I'm not talking about Vegas. <laughs> hard dirt. Hard dirt to <laughs> dig into. It's challenging. It takes work. A lot of freaking <laughs> yeah. stone you're going to be yeah. Um Joe Dare Joe Dare <laughs> Put the lotion on. <laughs> so it... But but there's but there is just so there is redemption there is there you can come back you know yes. you can be the worst of the worst and decide you want to be the best of the best and you should and you, and you should. should for yeah. sure you, for sure it's a comeback story everybody likes comeback story when somebody's down and out and then they come back and and win that's pretty cool yep. you know and I think that your decisions that, that's the the reason for this episode is to to really you as a listener listening right now think about the things that you are deciding. And it may not be trivial. It may be something simple. But if you think about how it plays out, and you think future, you think long term, it's probably not that simple anymore. Because those small little de- the decisions that you make, those few videos that you watch you shouldn't be watching, or those few uh, drinks you should be, you're taking over and, and beyond what your limit is, or whatever, you know, associating with the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. and they keep peer pressuring you, keep peer pressuring you, and then one day you give up, and you're like, whatever, let's take it. And then you're hooked. Those things, those are the signs that are coming in your life to saying, hey, you might want to stop. Or the signs of saying somebody who comes to you and says, thank you for being the example for, to my son or my daughter or whoever it is in a positive aspect of saying, hey, I see what you're doing. Because, dude, it's not, it's not easy to be good in this world. It's not. I mean, we're inherently bad. Yeah, <laughs> we are. And if you're not saved through the grace of God and Jesus... In my personal opinion, it's even harder because you don't want to conform. Uh, I mean, you do want to conform. And if you have Jesus in you, it's fighting every bad stuff that's ingrained in you, the sin that's natured. It's like it's in, inside you. No matter what, you were born into sin so or born into wrong. And you always have to continue to, to do better. But with Jesus' blood, he saves you. And he washes all that away and you're brand new. That's my personal belief. And I'm... So like last little bit on the pedestal there for preaching, but it's true. And that's why these three guys at this table can feel the way that we feel and have the, we can come back from what most people would say, you're never going to come back from and be victorious. But it's because we have something that's giving us more hope. And I want to talk about another story that I guess this, this year is a lot of death in our family and, and people that I know, and a, a really good dear friend of mine in Chattanooga lost his grandfather, and we got to go to his funeral, and there was a little over 200, 300 people there. And you could see and sense and feel the, the, the mourning. Like, this guy did awesome stuff in his life. And his grandson, who was a very strong man, uh, broke down. Like, it was the first time I've seen him break down this bad. 
ever. And you can tell how impactful this, this death was for him and his family. And the cool thing is, is how is that going to play out in your life? Like when you go to die, is anybody going to cry for you? If you keep making the decisions you're making, or if you continue the path that you're going, and I really want you to just take a moment and think about that. This is important. This is, you've only got one life to live. Are you living it to the best of your ability? Are you making the right decisions? Are you really thinking long-term about everything? Because short-term, yeah, okay, yeah, this decision makes great sense. But if you play it out just another couple weeks, you can realize, huh, interest rate was wrong or whatever, you know? There's so many factors that you got to think about. And uh, in this guy's life, man, I mean, he was a pastor. He was a firefighter. He did a lot of crazy cool stuff in the community. And the whole community showed up. Like, this church wasn't designed for as many people was in the church. You know, I mean, we were packed out. The cars were everywhere. And going up the mountain, like, I mean, it was a good 30, 45 minute, like, just just constant going, going people. And it was just really cool to see just how one person's life can be different than the other. Same life, same opportunities, same America. I mean, if you're born in America... You've got it made compared to some other countries. Mark. Mark. In my personal opinion, I think you're in the greatest country in the world. <clears throat> it's opinion and fact. You, and that's opinion fact. It's fact checked. It's fact checked by <laughs> shepherds of men. Correct. That's right. mm-hmm. And you have the opportunity to do whatever you desire. This country allows that. I mean, come on. So, in most states. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Problem is we waste too many tears while we're alive, um, and that's why we don't have any left. There's too much sympathy mm. in this uh, world yeah. for people. Yep. I'm, I'm a believer in empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, meet, meet somebody where they're at, understand where their struggles are and stuff like that. But we have far too much sympathy, and now we're being told that we have to. Not only is, is there a ton of sympathy going around, but it's fake-ass sympathy on top of it. Yep. Because nowadays, you can't be hard on anybody. Because there, you have to be sympathetic to everybody's feelings about everything. And what that does is it creates a bunch of victims that become vampires to that victim flow. That's, that's what they want. Ooh, they just sink in a little bit tighter and stuff. We waste too many tears and too much sympathy while people are alive instead of holding people accountable to what they should be doing. Yep. That's the problem. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. That's where people go wrong and they continue to do it. And that's why I, I'm all about support. But support is different than sympathy. Right. Support is right. empathy and somebody that's actually standing by your side. Somebody that knocks shit out of you when there's a bottle sitting next to you and stuff. That's that's the kind of sympathy creates a victim. It creates somebody that is entitled, somebody that believes that you have to do shit. Well, it implies that. that it's not your fault. Right. You know, that's what it, it that's is. what sympathy implies is that poor pitiful you, this is not your fault. You couldn't help it. I mean, what happened to you, the circumstance might not be. But how you handle it certainly is. Absolutely. 100%. So, you have a 100% choice on that. Yeah. And just quit being a weak ass about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's really no other way to say it, especially if you're a dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact is, life is going to hit you in, in many different ways. And it's up to you just to continue to think about, okay, well, how can I react to this? Do I react or do I make a plan to do the right thing? Because you can react to some things that are wrong. I forgot the, the cliche that we usually use. About reaction versus being reactive and proactive. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I was trying to get at. Proaction. A couple of books, uh, by the way, because a lot of what we've been talking about is little decisions and, and, and how does it play out at the end. You probably were going to mention these, but Slight Edge is a great one. Um, one that's very similar, but kind of a different 
setup is uh, compound effect. Yes. Both great um, mental development on how little daily decisions will be the determining factor of how your life plays out. I think as a man thinketh is really good yeah, too. Yeah. Cause so, like a lot of people live in their minds, especially victims, they tend to live in their minds um, and then people feed it, you know, I'm sorry, everything's. Home, oh, and now it's so easy to get that out. fed because you can just yeah. post it out there. Oh, sure. You know, I'm feeling so bad. I better put a, a post out See so everybody time. can, you know, comment on it and, you know, just, and you can tell the difference between genuine and people that are looking yeah. for attention. Oh, yep. for sure. Like you can, you can tell it, you know, but yeah, I, and it also, if you want to learn more about some of the books that we've read, you can go to shepherdsof.men and sign in uh, as subscribe to our email list, and we'll actually send you a book list. That way you can actually go and buy those books right off the, off the links, off the email, and uh, give you that extra edge that you need in your life. Mindset is another one that's on that, and it will give you an idea of what a victim and a growth mindset looks like. And we kind of discussed some of that, and we've discussed that multiple times. This happened in my life, and I wanted to share it with you guys, and I was just pressed to just kind of let you know, like, your decisions really matter, man, and I really want you to take it seriously. Like, don't take it personally, but take it seriously. You have just, one life. Just real quick before you, before you end on that, if you're on the flip side of that coin, and you have a friend or a loved one or somebody that you really care about um, that's struggling or whatever it may be, whether it's drug addiction or just bad decisions that they're making, instead of telling them that you, you feel sorry for them, that, you know, whatever it may be and, and giving them this mamsy pamsy shit, go into their house. The next time you see them, grab them by their collar, go outside and tell them we're going for a run. You're going to run with me. Me and you're going to run. We're going to go. We're just, we're, we're going to get out here and we're going to run. We're going to talk. We're going to do whatever we need to do, but we're going to go run. We're going to have some physical exertion here. We're going to have some pain and we're going to have kind of a come to Jesus situation here. I promise you that will impact that individual and help them more than you sitting there feeding into their victim mentality and stuff. It's or time judging. for you to get off your ass. Yep. Let's go. One of the biggest therapies for people that are in bad situations is physical exertion. Get your ass up. Get in there. Brett Favre talked about that. He mm -hmm. had he had a problem with alcohol, and he he one of the big things I asked him like, why do you keep coming back? Like, why you're you're old? Like you're you're beat up. You've had the shit knocked out of you. You're one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league, but man, you've had the shit beat out of you and stuff. And he said, dude, the biggest enemy to an alcoholic is free time. Yep. Mm -hmm. He yep. said, and I know, I know better than that. So I need to get back into the game. I need to do something. I need to keep myself occupied and stuff. You know, idle hands or the hands. playground of the devil yep. kind of thing. So that person that's struggling, get them off their ass. Take that idle hand away from them and, and, and force them into some situations where they have to stay busy. We talk about this a lot. And I know there's people that are at different athletic levels and different physical capabilities. And that really has nothing to do with it. You mm -hmm. know, you could be the scrawniest pianist I've ever seen in my life you can still be active you can do yoga you can run everybody i know can jog or walk yep you know or, or if you're in a wheelchair then use your arms you know i mean literally like figure out a way to move and, and we talk about the physical activity being such an important part of it and you know when we list out good habits reading and meditation and association all those things are equal to the physical moving like it has to happen and i think another reason that we've turned into this wimpy ass sympathizing society is because we all sit around mm. like in, in there's, and you're exactly right, Josh, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. And I've had friends tell me that that is why they do what they, that is why they choose to go out and move and suffer and, and stretch themselves and exert themselves is because the alternative is bad decisions, is bad habits. Right. 
So I promise you, you go run a little bit till you're ready to puke. You don't want to drink anything except some water, right? You dang sure don't want to pop any drugs, right? You ain't thinking about raping nobody when you can't stand up. You know, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm kind of being silly, but it's true. Like, even true. in my own life, you know, I, we drink. We like to have drinks. We have beer and wine and stuff around our house. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, what's the word? I'm opposed. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, apologetic we, about we, it. I'm not apologetic. We keep it under control. Mm-hmm. But I, there have been times when I've been like, man, you know, I've probably been having too many beers just for healthy reasons. Like, I've probably been having too many beers. But if I'm on my game working out, I don't want to drink a beer. No, as, yeah. as often. I just don't, you know? So, and, and I'm not saying beer is bad. I'm saying too much beer is bad. Right? So, just, it, it is such a big deal. It really is such a big deal. If you have kids and you are not getting them involved in some kind of physical activity, you are hindering them for the rest of their life. Well, it's beer and nothing else. That's, that's, yeah, that's right. the exactly. detriment. Exactly. It's, it's beer and nothing else that's a detriment. Like that, that's why people that scare me are people that do stuff without a social aspect associated with it. Mm-hmm. Right? So if, you're, if you've gone from being a social drinker to a, I sit at home and just drink by myself, it's time to check the it's pulse. Yep. It's time to check your pulse. Um, you know, same thing with drugs and stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong. People experiment with stuff, you know, and, and don't beat yourself up if you have. Make good decisions yeah. from there. But if it's that and nothing else, that's that's where you have a problem. I'll tell you when I started realizing that I was heading down a road of potentially having a drug issue is I went from being that young kid in college that started experimenting with things to being the young adult out of college that was still experimenting with things. It wasn't experimenting. I knew what they did. <laughs> I knew what they did. I, I was just making sure that, it worked every that. time. You know, like, it was intentional. <laughs> yeah. I was just checking all the different brands. You know? So, but, but it got to a point. I, I vividly remember this. And this is something, I won't say I'm ashamed of it because it's just part of my story. But there was a point where I was, you know, using drugs by myself in my apartment with nobody else around. And then you start having a realization of in the moment of, uh, this is not good. Like this is a problem, right? This I'm, I'm becoming dependent on this to get through the night because I'm not associating with somebody else or I don't have other activity in my life or I'm not, uh, I'm not chasing after a, a dream or a goal. Literally the only thing that I have to fall back to is let's get high. Yep. Right. And, right. and that's when you start going, you got to check that. You got to keep that in check, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's uh, pornography, whether it's any of those different things. You, yep. c- you could go down all kinds of different roads. If, if it starts becoming your go-to when you just don't have anything else going on, that's when you got to get it in check. Because I will tell you how that plays out. Not good. Yep. Doesn't play out well. Well, suicide's not an overnight decision. Yep. A lot of people that suffer yep. from suicide, it's because of things like that that they finally, you know, they they just they lose control of, and yep. eventually they feel like they have zero worth in their life, and they're better off if they're not here. That's where that's where people run into stuff like that. So well, if you, you if know. you get to a point where you never actually get sober, it's hard to make good decisions, right? And that's where you end up doing dumb, really, really fatal things. And if that is you, reach out for help. Sincerely, sincerely. Yeah. If you want to reach out to us, great. We'll put you in the right direction on some people that know what they're doing in that field. We'll jerk Um, your ass up, take you for a run. (laughs) Exactly right. We'll definitely do something. Punch you in the face with a loaf of bread, like Josh was talking about. Right. We're here to help men um, be men, and also women raise men. So uh, it's not an easy life, and you just got to roll with the punches and, and make things happen, and and don't feel pity party about you and your life because i guarantee you if you look hard enough there's people out there to have it worse than you so uh you have one life to live go out there and live it right and you've been a part of it